I'm Jim Frawley, and this is Bellwether. Welcome to Bellwether. Thank you for being here this week. Uh, 2020's been a stressful year. We know this. And we're coming up on the end of it. We're at the beginning of November. Uh, and, and when we talk about stress and we talk about challenges and we talk about all these different things that we've had to face this year, um, one of the big aspects we tend to skip over is the, the uncertainty aspect. And I want to cover uncertainty today. Uh, sure, we've got the pandemic. Right now we're in the middle of the election season or at the end of the election season when this comes out. Uh, there's been a lot of change, a lot of challenges, a lot of adversity. No secret there. We know this. Um, and when we think about all of the challenges that we do, there's a lot of uncertainty. And uh, I'm going to cover a lot of things today. I want to talk about uncertainty, what it does to us, how to manage it, how to deal with it, because it's this fear of an unknown. And, and when we talk about uncertainty, one of the buzzwords now I'm hearing every client talk about, it's everywhere, is this need for resilience. Everybody needs resilience. Uh, <laughs> and I, I turn it off right now um, because resilience really doesn't mean anything. It means something, but it doesn't mean anything, if you know what I mean. Like all these buzzwords, it means something to whoever's saying it, but it doesn't really translate. Um, and so what I would say is resilience to what? We're going to talk to resilience to uncertainty today, and this goes beyond the pandemic. This goes, uh, this has to do with managing change. And when we think about change, when we think about resilience, I think back to the financial crisis and working in the financial crisis. I worked in the financial industry during the financial crisis, doing communications and public relations and investor relations, and it was like the worst possible job at the worst possible time. Um, but I loved the people I worked with. <laughs> uh, thank God I worked with good people. Um, but the worst part, one of the big things back then that everybody always talked about was VUCA. And VUCA, which you've heard me talk about before, the volatility, uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity, those four, of, of dealing with change and managing change and why change is so difficult. And uh, I, I want to focus on that uncertainty part because we tend to skip over uncertainty. Uh, volatility, you can manage, right? You can get contra-thinking. You can be a contrarian. You can figure out different ways to adapt to it, whatever. Fine. Complexity, you can break it down. You can manage it. Like All of these things just take different types of skill sets to break them down. But uncertainty is different because it's the unknown, and it's a different type of adversity. And the reason it's a different type of adversity is because you just don't know. And that's the hard part of managing change. How do you manage change when you don't know what you're changing for? And when we, uh, when individuals, when organizations, uh, when we're faced with adversity, uh, we learn to adapt by developing resistance. Resistance is something you develop, but resilience isn't... Um, Resilience is subjective. It's very subjective for an individual on what resilience actually is. And that's why everyone's talking about a new normal now. A new normal is really resilience. It's replacing what was there before. 
And uh, sometimes we can create that new normal, which I also hate that term. I hate any buzzword. I, it just drives me bananas. <laughs> it's, uh, but it, it replaces what was there before. And sometimes we do it well. And sometimes it's better than before. And sometimes it's not. Sometimes, you know, our form of resilience or our form of response uh, leads to poorer outcomes than, than what we had before. And uh, what we like to do or what we're really looking for when we talk about resilience is stability. Uh, we like stability. And the reason uncertainty and change is so uncomfortable is because we lose our stability. Uh, we lose our safety. We lose our home. Like we lose our little internal place. We no longer have the luxury of mental shortcuts that we always that we always took. Think about getting a new job. When you have a new job, you lose all the people that you used to go to for all your challenges. And so now you're learning. It's that uncertainty of where do I go? What do I do? It's not easy to rebuild these shortcuts, uh, and we don't we don't feel safe. Um, I don't like to, well, there are a lot of things I don't like. So many things I don't like, but the safety thing is, it has such validity, but it feels like such a soft word, but it's not. It's really like this important thing, like psychological safety in the office, and we need to feel safe at work, which sounds so odd, but it's it's something that really needs to be explored. And, and we have to work at getting back into our routine. We have to come up with creative solutions uh, to take care of things that we used to take for granted. And that's why uncertainty is so difficult. That's why change is so difficult. All the things that we used to take for granted are gone. It's like this unwritten contract that we had that's being rewritten, and we don't like that. Uh, and so it takes a lot of mental, cognitive, energy, resources to, to deal with uncertainty. And if you can't focus during uncertain times, which I hear from my clients all the time right now, it's generally because of this. Our mental and cognitive resources are focused on recreating these mental shortcuts that we used to take for granted, and they're not focused on the work that we need to be doing and all of the normal stuff that, that we typically would be spending our time doing. Uh, so it zaps our energy. It all zaps our energy, this uncertainty and, and, and change and all of that fun you know, stuff that we don't want to deal with. So uh, two aspects I want to focus on today. In relation to uncertainty, uh, first your environment. I'm big on you know practical changes that we can make, and and let's talk about how to deal with uncertainty in a productive way rather than just telling you to be resilient and go off and be on your own. Let's talk about two aspects um, of why you're wasting so much energy and what you can do to to adapt to this. One is your environment. Our work environment changed, and it's going to be changed for a long time. And and environment is huge here. When we talk about uncertainty and we talk about mental shortcuts and our, 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 our things we used to take for granted have gone away, what's going on around you is the question is, do you feel safe where you are? And not from a physical, you know, uh, an axe murderer's hiding in your bedroom closet type of safety. That's not what we're talking about. What we're talking about is, uh, are you in an environment that allows you to think the way that you need and want to think and figure out ways to respond? Uh, your home office, is it set up to be productive? Is it that kind of safe environment to be a valuable member of your work cohort? Uh, do you have a good thinking space? When we think about, I read an article at the beginning of the pandemic predicting that a lot of kids are going to start to build forts. And 
the article said, let your children build forts and maybe help them build some kind of fort because they want to have this little enclosed space dealing with uncertainty, dealing with change where they can feel safe. And it's not that they don't feel safe with their parents or anything else. You just want your own little place. And that's fine for children, but it, it doesn't go away as an adult. It, you need the same kind of thing. You need your space. And it's super important during the pandemic. It's super important beyond it. And we need a place to sit and think. And when you think about your home environment and the challenge that many people have with working from home is they're sitting at a kitchen table, which is also where everybody else interacts. It's not your own thinking space. Now, that's a luxury to have your own thinking space. I get that. But we need to figure out that's why many people are working out of their car. If you have a car, there are many people working out of different places. So think about your environment on where you're able to think and where you're able to feel safe and where you're, where you're able to be productive. That is going to give you part of the energy you need. It relieves some of that stress that you're dealing with when you're dealing with uncertainty. So that's one environment. Number two is uh, since we all don't have the luxury of building a fort and being children and hiding in a box, we actually have to go out and interact, is uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about something called um, social evaluation apprehension theory, which is a lot of words. But basically what it means is when your environment changes, I'm going to give you the the breakdown um, because I'm not a, a big psychologist, scientist. You can read the articles on it if you want. I'm going to tell you what it really means to you. When something changes, big major change happens, we don't necessarily instantly think of what we need to do. We use up that energy that we need to see how other people like us are responding. And we ask ourselves the question, not what do I need, but what would a person like me do in this situation? And we're using up all of our energy trying to figure out what other people do. And we do this for everything. You read this crazy article headline and how many of us just go to uh, Reddit or the comment section to see how you're supposed to think about it. Like we don't actually think for ourselves, but we also really don't like to be out of step from a socioeconomic, from a workplace status, from a social status. This affects, social apprehension theory affects everything, right? The house you buy, the car you buy, the opinions you have, the clothes you wear, the job you have, all of this stuff. So when everything changes, we're putting all of this stuff through that same kind of filter of what do, you know, what are, what are the neighbors or what are the Joneses doing? You know, everything that goes out and am I doing what I'm supposed to be doing? So we take a look at workload which is jacked up because of that. We take a look at uncertainty and having to juggle all the things because our routines are gone. We have an environment where we don't necessarily think that we're safe. And now we're worried about what everyone else is doing so that we know what to do rather than just focusing on what we need to do for ourselves. And it all leads to burnout. And next week I'm going to talk about burnout because burnout right now is it's everywhere. Burnout is we're getting to the end of the year. I mean, we have we're we're about to throw on top of a pandemic, everyone going indoors. Uh, at least we're able to spend time outdoors. Now we're gonna throw the holidays on it. At least we're not having holiday parties with family. <laughs> or at least I hope. Like this might actually save families. Um but we are in a constant stressful situation. We're burned out. And on top of work product, on top of family challenges, on top of everything else. We're worried about all of this, pandemics and dying and everything. Uh, we have to worry about, are we safe and do we have the right environment and everything else? So, um, and, and when we think about burnout, 
which by the way, burnout is now a disease. It's recognized as a serious illness. Um, it's, it's in the manual, the big DSM manual of disorders. It's measured. They have a, a workplace burnout inventory, which I'm going to, co- I'll cover it all next week. Um, but managers check on your people because the, the criteria are cynicism, exhaustion, detachment from your job. This is like this arc of burnout. And we talk a lot about companies ready to just drop people because they don't need them right now. Uh, there are a lot of people getting very detached from their work as well. So you have to really check on the people who are staying. That's just my two cents just for you. Um, but, but burnout, what burnout requires is recovery. And that's what I'm, that's my long way of getting to the fact that we're going to need recovery. Uncertainty, we need recovery from uncertainty. And you need it. I need it. All of us need it. Um, and burnout requires recovery. And we're all burned out. I'm burned out. You're burned out. It's why I haven't done a podcast in the last couple of weeks. I've just been too busy and burned out. Um, and that's why it's so important to learn what we need. We, we get that dialogue going in our head, not just what will the Joneses say and do, but what do I need in this moment? And taking a break is sometimes the most important thing to do. And taking a break, let's talk about taking a break. doesn't mean just sitting in front of a television. Um, taking a break is finding that recovery activity where you just lose sense of all time. It could be a run. It could be a puzzle. It could be playing with Excel. I love playing with numbers in Excel. It's weird. It's like this kind of thing. I've got the thousand and one books to read before you die. I found someone, God bless them, who put them all into a a Google Doc so I could take a look at all the books I have to read and I could check them off and I could sort them by page number and all this stuff. Uh, I love doing that. Just I could waste a half an hour just looking at, oh, what book do I read next? And blah, 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 blah. It's stupid. TV's not that. TV, you're just completely turning off. But a recovery time for whatever you need, it could be pruning flowers, it could be whatever it is, find that activity. We have to plan not just our work, we have to plan recovery. And that is how we can deal with uncertainty, is recovery, safe place, finding what it is to wait some time and get that energy back. There is this emotional and cognitive draining aspect to uncertainty uh, that is is very difficult. And, and we have to give ourselves a little bit of permission to recover. We have to be present. We have to be purposeful. We have to be everything. We're putting too much pressure on ourselves. On top of the work, on top of the pandemic, on top of the uncertainty, on top of the burnout, we then have to do all this other stuff because we're being told you have to be resilient, you have to be present, you have to be... And we need to allow ourselves to just say, shut the hell up, leave me alone, I'm going to go recover. Easier said than done, I recognize that. Uh, but the way that I have been dealing with it a little bit, which is why I haven't done a podcast in the last couple of weeks, is lower your expectations of yourself, which sounds so opposite to everything that we have. And, and normally I would tell people, raise your expectations, you raise your product. It's true, very true. But sometimes you just need to give yourself some slack. And sometimes you need to give yourself permission to not get something done and just cut it off your list. And that's okay, right? It's Or push it back a month, push it back six months, push it back and just say, you know what? I'm never going to do it. Who cares, right? It's fine. Especially business owners. You have to give, you got to give it a break, right? Everyone says, you know, uncertainty breeds plenty of opportunity and challenges. So we're going to work really hard. You got to give yourself a break. Um, 
maybe you need to reevaluate where your expectations are high and low. Maybe this is just kind of a reshuffling of your little uh, scales of justice, scales of personal uh, justice and, and expectation. Raise your expectations in some areas and completely lower them in others. That's okay. That's something for you to reflect on. Can you lower some of your expect- expectations? Think about what gives you recovery and what do you need in the actual moment. And that's the start of a good dialogue. Plenty to think about. Now I'm going to go on a run. <laughs> that's that's going to be my long thinking for my run. That's such a good idea, Jim. Oh, my goodness. Um, I'm back doing more podcasts. Look out for the rest of the year. I'm excited. Uh, I'm going to be doing burnout next week. And then I've got a few other ones planned up as we get into the holidays. The book is coming out middle of January. I finalized it. It's good. I'm looking at layout. I have so much uh, to share with you and so many exciting things coming. So please stay tuned to Bellwether. And I look forward to being your partner as you recover and you deal with burnout and you become very successful uh, beyond the pandemic. Through the pandemic and beyond, it's going to be fantastic. So thank you for listening. Have a great week. Think about it, what to reflect on, how to lower some expectations, how to find some recovery, and um, what do you need in the moment? Ask yourself, those, ask yourself those questions. Enjoy it. Enjoy the week. Thank you for listening. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. Now, do something for yourself. Bellwether is much more than just a podcast. Join us at bellwetherhub.com, where you can read riveting articles, view upcoming events, and connect with other interesting people. I look forward to seeing you out there soon. Bellwether.